This is Brojo Online. Masculinity, confidence, and integrity with Dan Monroe. Yo, yo, yo. Welcome back to Brojo Online. And yet again, we've got a very special one for you. I say that about all of them, so I might as well fucking stop saying it. I, uh, I've got to throw out there right away, the title to this one's ironic. <clears throat> I put it as, I want it to appeal to your deepest, darkest neediness. And I think, when I look around the world, the neediest search in our current time is the search for the one. Every fucking movie we watch, every story we hear as a child, everything's about finding this one. The princess finding her prince, the hero finding his maiden, whatever the fuck it is. This idea that there's one person out there for you, and you got to find them. And underneath this whole story is all of our most toxic and ugly self-worth issues, and that's what I want to have a look at today. Because, you know, in my line of work, every day I have someone come and tell me some version of I want either a partner or sex. So everybody I talk to, they want this. They want a partner, they want sex. Or they want friends, perhaps. They want this thing. They say, I want this. I want a, I want a relationship. I want, I want to find the one. And yet when I ask them why, and keep asking them why, very few people are able to articulate an answer. Now I want you just to stop and think about it. If you've been looking for something special, if you've been looking to get laid, you've been looking for a relationship, you've been looking to make more friends, when's the last time you were really certain about the answer to why are you doing that? Why is this important to you? Why do you want to find someone? Because at the heart of that answer... It's something very deep and powerful, and we're going to be talking about that today. But basically, everyone says they want a relationship. Very few people know why. Why? Why do you want it? We're going to have a look at that today, and in particular, we're going to have a look at how you not knowing why, you pursuing something without even being aware of your intentions, is the very reason that you're unsatisfied in this space in your life at least in my opinionated view of the world. So we're going to be looking at that today. We're going to be having a look at how ridiculous the idea of the one really is. We're going to have a look at how bringing goals into your social life destroys your ability to connect with people. We're going to look at the difference between a relationship and a connection. We're going to have a look at why you're so afraid of loneliness and what it actually is. And we're going to have a look at the real relationship that matters the most, and that is... The relationship you have with yourself. So we're going to have a look at all that, and then at the end we're going to have a look at what you can do differently to resolve this issue after you first understand that it's not the issue you think it is. Yeah, so right now you're listening to this thinking, I need to find someone. And you think that that's your issue. So I want to plant a seed between those pretty ears of yours right now and open your mind to the idea that that's not your problem at all. In fact, it's you thinking that that's your problem, that is your real problem. Yeah? Neediest search in our current time, looking for the one, looking for a relationship. You will see people sacrifice their integrity to the very depths of their soul in order to find or create a relationship. You'll see people give up on their life dreams 
to find the one or to keep somebody. You'll see people deal with abuse, disrespect, unsatisfaction, dissatisfaction. You'll see that happen over and over again in their neediness for a relationship, for a deep relationship. And I want to have a look at seeing how we can heal this problem. First, I want to have a look at the ridiculousness of the one. So for any of you listening right now thinking there's one person for each of us, you know, there's the one, our soulmate. Any of you listening to this, you're wrong. (laughs) No, I'm not going to say who's right and wrong. I am going to say that I think it is absolutely ridiculous to believe that there's only one person out there for you. If there's anything I see drive someone back towards an unfit ex-partner, it's this belief. The idea that because they had some connection with someone, that that must have been the one, and they should go back to them because they couldn't find anyone else quickly afterward. Think of where the idea of the one comes from. Yeah, Think of the movies you watched growing up, of the, the stories that were read to you, the happily ever after horseshit. That was just poured into you by one authority figure after another. Telling you over and over again that there's one person out there and you got to go find them. The idea that us humans are so unique that we're only going to have the ability to connect with a single other human being. And that somehow we're lucky enough to have that single other human being exist at the same time that we do. I... For the life of me, I can't I can't understand how anyone believes this. I've never believed this, so I don't have much sympathy here, I'll be fair. I've never thought that the idea of the one made any sense at all. I can't understand why someone might believe it if they sort of bought into the stories and the movies and the shit that we're fed. But think about the idea of how many people there are on the planet. Right? Last census put us at about 7.2 billion. 7.2 billion, right? I want you to think how many 7 billion is. Right? Think of like thousands and thousands of ant colonies of people. Think of people crawling over each other. All of them, the same species of primate, with very slight variations in how they act and behave. Think of all the psychological studies that have shown that when you put people into big enough groups, there's just constant trends of behavior. We're all very similar in many ways. Think about how, probably about 25 years ago, the population was less than 5 billion. We're up to 7 now. We're spreading like a fucking virus, and you think there's only one person out there? We're designed to get together. You put two people who hate each other on an island, give them long enough and they'll start fucking. Why? Because of the basic biological drive for survival. Right? And that doesn't mean that they're the one for each other. But the idea that out of all those 7 billion people out there, you're supposed to find this one. And that's the only person you're going to be able to connect with. It's, it's so ludicrous to just be discarded. Absolutely. There is absolutely no evidence to support such an idea. The fact that you've ever connected with anything more than one single person shows that it's bullshit. So I want you to really just look at the belief around there's only one person for you and ask, where is the solid evidence for this? Where is the proof that there's only one? Why do I believe this? 
But I don't want to dwell too much on this because it's so horseshit that I don't even want to give it the time of day. I want to move now into the idea of trying to look at what it is that you want before we figure out why you want it. Let's start by using this word relationship. A lot of people come to me and they say, I want a relationship. Like it's this thing that you can see on a plate. A relationship. Like they say, I want a job. And a relationship. I want a phone. I want a relationship. I want a car, I want a phone, and I want a relationship. I want all of those things in my handbag. And I've, I've, for a long time, I never questioned the word relationship. I thought of it as a thing as well, something that can be acquired, a, a finish line that can be crossed, and no more work is, you know, needed. But I want you to think about what a relationship is. What does that word mean to you? Now, what I've found is you're either looking forward or you're looking backward. A relationship is only ever a description of the past or the future. So your current relationships that you believe you're in are based on memories. I want you to, wherever you're listening to this right now, I want you to think of how many people you consider yourself to have some form of relationship with. Not necessarily romantic, could be family, work colleagues, friends, etc. Partners. Whatever form of relationship you have with them. And just observe how many of those people are not currently within your line of sight. You cannot see them right now. Just observe that. You might have 100 friends on Facebook. They're all various forms of relationships. Yet right now you can't see a single one of them. In fact, it would be fair to say that if we froze this moment in time, right now you do not have any solid evidence that any of them are even alive. And yet you would say, I have a relationship of some kind with this person. So if you don't have proof that they're alive, then what is this relationship? Well, it's memories, isn't it? You remember being with them in the past, and you categorize those memories as a relationship. You say there's enough of those memories, and they fit a certain category of memory, for me to call it a relationship. I've hung out with that person, or I've spent time talking with them, and I kind of like them, and I think they like me, therefore we have some form of relationship. Yeah? You might even say, well, I have interacted with that person, it was all negative, so we have a bad relationship. This kind of sense that you have a thing that can be measured, isn't it? And just notice how you believe you have this relationship, even though right now you have no evidence that the person is still alive. So you do not need someone to be alive to be in a relationship with them. You notice that? You can still have a relationship with someone who's dead. Because your relationship is entirely based on your memories. Well, 50% of it is. Now there comes the concept of when you say a relationship is over. Now you've still got the memories of having the relationship. But why would you say it's over? Well, we can figure that out by having a look at how that's different to a relationship you believe is ongoing. Now in the present moment, you're still sitting there, the person doesn't exist as far as you know. Right, You've got a memory of them, but you've got no proof that they're currently alive. Now that's the same whether you're in a relationship with someone, or it's just ended. You might have just got off the phone with your partner breaking up with you, and you still don't know if they're alive, you say that relationship's over, and yet you also, earlier this this morning, spoke to your friend, and you say that relationship's ongoing. Right? It's two things, and all you've got about these people is memories. So what would make you think one is still a relationship and the other isn't? Because of the future. You've projected a future, haven't you? 
you've fabricated one in your mind. A longevity of interaction. Not only do you have memories with this person, you assume you're going to be creating more memories with this person in the future. That's what you would call a current relationship. Isn't it ironic to call it current when it's got nothing to do with the present moment? So a current relationship means you have memories of being with this person in some way in the past and you predict that you'll continue to be with them in the future, even though you have no control over whether or not you'll ever see them again. They could be dead right now, without trying to be too morbid. And I hope, <laughs> I hope my timing isn't so poor as to actually describe someone's you know, real-life situation. I don't know if you guys can hear that, but I can hear cats having an argument outside right now. Interesting. Their relationship must be struggling. So, you've got a relationship that ended, and that means you've got memories in the past, but you don't have any plans to make memories with them again in the future. There is no future aspect, no prediction of future interactions going well. In our current relationship, there's the assumption, quite an arrogant one, we must say, that you're going to see them again, they're going to keep liking you, and they're going to keep believing they're in a relationship with you too. That agreement not only existed in the past, but existed in the future. You'll be able to think of times where somebody thought they were in a relationship when they weren't. How a relationship can be one-sided. Think of a stalker who thinks they're in a relationship with their victim, yet the victim's even unaware of them. Notice how subjective this relationship idea is. It's based entirely on memories and future predictions and requires absolutely no present-day evidence. You can fully believe that you are married to someone in the most committed relationship in the Western world recognizes and yet they are not in the room. You don't even know if they're alive. You don't know if they want to be with you tomorrow. But you've made that big assumption on their behalf and you've called yourself in a relationship. Now, why do I point this out? Because I want, in this particular episode, I want to really separate relationship from connection. Relationship and connection are two different things. Now, what's different about them? Relationship is only about the past and the future. It has nothing to do with the present. You can have an entire relationship with someone without them being presently interacting with you in any way, can't you? You can have an entire relationship with someone that does not require a single piece of present moment experience. Whereas a connection, or at least my definition of a connection, is the opposite. It only exists in the present. The connection... The feeling of connection might be ongoing, but it is a present feeling. It has no past or future. You're not saying, I'm feeling connected to them tomorrow. You're either feeling connected to them now or you're not. So I want you to keep that in mind. The difference between a relationship and a connection, because a lot of you have been saying to me you want a relationship. You haven't been saying you want to feel connected. Now, a lot of you haven't been saying that because you assume that a relationship is talking about feeling connected. And yet in this episode, I want to really point out that those are two different things. And so if you're pursuing a relationship, odds are you're not really pursuing a connection. If you're pursuing the maintenance of memories, if you want memories to continue with a person, or you haven't started those memories yet, but you want to in the future and create an ongoing series of memories, 
that is not the same as pursuing a connection with that person. Connection with that person has no future. You're either connecting with them or you're not. It's an on-off binary thing in the present moment. I might even sound a little patronizing here, yeah? Like, yeah, we get it, dickhead. Or whatever, those are your views. But I really want to point this out because so many people bring goals to finding a relationship. And that's where I think all the problems stem from. People go out there into the dating world or into the social sphere looking to achieve a goal. Find a relationship. Have sex. Get a new friend. Whatever it is, they, however it is you word it. Now, all of these things are based on finding something that is not present. Finding something that only exists in the past and the future. Something you don't actually experience in the moment. Yeah? So I just want you to bear in mind that if you're looking for a relationship, or you're looking for a friendship, or you're looking for sex, that's fine. But don't kid yourself into thinking that you're looking for the same thing as connection, because you're not. You're looking for something else. You're looking for a contract, not a feeling of connection. Goals make us lose sight of our values. If you value connection, if you value things like respect, honesty, the kind of shared experience that can only come with connecting with someone deeply and vulnerably, then as soon as you set a goal to look for a relationship, you step away from those values. You're now looking for something else. It's like I can follow the value of serving, you know, with my job. I can I can be a coach and in the moment serve people as powerfully as possible, just like I'm trying to do right now in this podcast. Or I can try and make money, which will cause me to do a whole range of different things. I probably wouldn't even be doing this podcast if my goal was to make money. Now, this is how people approach a relationship. The things they need to do to get a relationship are often... Not just the a different from what you need to do to create a connection, but harmful to creating a connection. I want you to think about when you're on a date with someone who's particularly desperate and needy. <laughs> Which might be you. I might be talking about you here. Yeah, You're on a date with someone, you're particularly desperate and needy. And you can feel it, can't you? You can feel that kind of attempt to take something from you it might be in the way they keep asking you interview style questions it might be in the way that they've gone way over above and beyond with their grooming to make themselves look good it might be the way you get a suspicion that what you're doing on the date isn't what they actually want to be doing there'll be a lot of feeling you get this this kind of desperate neediness you know that's what someone with a goal feels like and think about how difficult it is to connect with that person. You may not be necessarily repulsed by them, but you can't feel any connection. There's a wall between the two of you. And you can just see their performance. And you can feel your own performance coming up to match theirs, and yet both of you in that moment just feel totally alone. Compare that to the feeling you have when you're sat comfortably next to your best friend in silence. No performance... No trying to impress each other, just a deep sense of connection, not even thoughts of genuine loneliness. And yet no goals. You're not trying to get anything from your best friend, you're not trying to make them think of you in a certain way. Now that might be an exception for some of you. 
I know there's a few people out there who I would say probably never had a genuine connection. Just various forms of transactional relationships. And that's okay. I used to be one of those people myself. I can change. So what we're really talking about here is you're trying to solve the problem you think you have, which is loneliness. You're going out there using relationships or trying to find a relationship, thinking that it will remove loneliness and that this is the whole problem-solution spectrum that you should be looking at. What I want to open your mind to is to the possibility that your relationships with other people or lack thereof, is not your problem. And it's definitely not the thing causing your feeling of loneliness. The problem you think you have is loneliness, but the problem you actually have is internal judgment. The problem you have is you've already rejected yourself. That's where the feeling of loneliness comes from. And one of the ways we can kind of prove this is through a mental experiment. Hopefully this will apply for all of you. There may be some exceptions. But right now, I just want you to imagine the time where you felt completely alone, and yet you were surrounded by people, people you would call friends. Maybe even with someone you'd call your partner in a relationship, someone you'd call family. What do you think of a moment where you actually felt loneliness, even though they were right there in front of you? Full proof that the relationship exists, so to speak. Notice that. And also I want you to notice the converse of that, the inverse, I don't know what the word is. A time where you were all by yourself and didn't even feel any loneliness at all. A time where you had no present evidence that anyone else in the world was even alive, and yet there was no obvious awareness of loneliness. Maybe you're deeply engaged in a task, meditating, just enjoying your day, focused on something, whatever, no sense of loneliness. Now I know for nearly everyone listening, there'll be examples of both of those. Being around someone you think you're in a relationship with and feeling alone, being all by yourself and feeling completely connected. What does this tell us? It tells us that connection and relationships are not the same thing. And that loneliness has nothing to do with other people. If loneliness was about lacking other people, then it would always go away when people were around you, and it would always come back when you're alone. But that's not the case, is it? Sometimes it happens when they're around, and sometimes it doesn't happen when you're alone. So how is it that you can feel lonely when you're by yourself if it's got nothing to do with other people? Because the truth is, at least in my highly opinionated view of the world, is that you're never alone, because you isn't a single entity. There's more than one person inside that head of yours, and as best as I've been able to figure it out, there's exactly two people. In my life, there's the Daniel who lives in the world. He's the one you might have met, he's the one you're listening to right now, he's the guy who, he's the action guy, he's the frontline soldier in my life. Daniel is out there doing everything. He is my communicator with the world. And then inside me is another Daniel that you can't see. Let's call him Dan. And all he does 
is watch Daniel live his life. That's all he does. Neuroscientists would say something along the lines that this is the right hemisphere of the brain observing the left, perhaps. Or is it left versus right? I always mix those two up. But there's, there's the me who lives, the one that you can meet and talk to and interact with. And then there's another me inside who watches, observes, and most importantly, judges. Now we talked about this in the elimination episode, eliminating rejection episode of the podcast. You guys can scroll through and listen to that after if this appeals to you. Is that when someone pushes you away, that's not what makes you feel lonely. There is no such thing as an external rejection. Nobody else rejects you. It's what you tell yourself after it happened to explain it that determines whether or not a rejection occurs. If I go up to someone and say, hey, want to be friends? And they say, fuck no. It's what happens next inside my mind that makes all the difference. If I walk away and my thought is, well, I guess they're not a good fit for you. you saved yourself some effort. There's no feeling of rejection. But if I walk away and my thoughts are along the lines of, it's probably because you're ugly, and maybe because you're a bit fat, and you're pretty boring, then there's a sense of rejection. But who is it saying those things? It wasn't that person, they're gone. It was the guy inside my head, the other Dan. You think your problem is loneliness, but the actual problem you have is that the relationship between you and the other you inside your mind is not going very well. That's the problem you have. That's where your loneliness comes from. Your loneliness doesn't come from not being picked for the sports team. The loneliness comes from telling yourself you weren't picked because you're a loser. You telling yourself that. You don't even need anyone else to do it. So often people feel rejected, but if you watch the tape back, there's no actual harsh words said by the other person. They just said, no thank you, or not right now. Not feeling it. It's very rare that someone goes, you're a fucking loser, get out of my life. That does happen, but it's very rare. But the people feel like that happened because of what they do to themselves after. You're looking for a relationship with someone else, and yet the only relationship you really have is with yourself. And if you really think you need a relationship, then odds are what you're hearing is that the thing going on inside your head is not going well. There is a conflict there. The action version of you is not good enough for the observing version of you. And I want to give this to you right now. I promise you, while I might not have the, all the answers, that if you focus on repairing that relationship, you will find the sense of connection you're looking for. And your neediness for an external relationship will dissipate. That doesn't mean you can't have one or shouldn't have one. I'm in a relationship right now. But the relationship does not require longevity. I don't need my girlfriend to love me forever for me to feel good about myself. If she leaves me tomorrow, I'm still going to feel pretty good about myself because I've healed the relationship inside my head. She merely compliments it. And in, in any sense, a relationship between two people is actually a relationship between four. There's the two action people and the two observers. That's four people. So me and Dan are in a relationship with my girlfriend and her observer. It's a group. That's why it gets so fucking complicated. You know? All group environments are complicated. So, you want to start a big foursome, but you haven't even got your twosome sorted out. Right? 
the person that you've been married to your entire life, the one that was there from the day you were born and will be with you to the day you die, obviously doesn't like you very much right now. And that's why you feel lonely. You notice that that sense of loneliness goes away when you're doing something you're proud of. You notice that? It's very rare that you'll feel proud of yourself and lonely at the same time, isn't it? You're feeling ashamed and lonely go fucking hand in hand. Feeling embarrassed and lonely go hand in hand. Feeling disgusted with yourself and lonely go hand in hand. All those sensations of rejecting yourself, saying I'm not good enough, that's when the loneliness occurs. Now sometimes it also occurs when somebody else says it, but we mistake it as thinking it's because they said it that we feel it. But it's because we fucking agree with them that we feel it. When someone you don't care about says you're not good enough and you don't believe them, there's no sense of rejection or loneliness. Or when someone you look up to or someone that you've created a higher status in your mind with says that you're a fucking loser and you agree with it, then you feel alone. Your only relationship is with yourself, and you're wondering why you can't find the one? You don't even want to be with you. Why the fuck would anyone else do? You're trying to sell a product that you wouldn't buy. You're going on dates, and everything about you has said, please date me even though I wouldn't. Please date me even though I'm a bad deal. You know, please take this poor deal. That's what everything about you is saying. I used to, I get this sometimes with stand-up comedians, and as sexist as this may sound, particularly with female stand-up comedians, not because they're female, but because there seems to be a trend of self-deprecation with female stand-up comedians. A lot of the guys do it too, but in particular I'm thinking of a few women stand-up comedians I've seen, and all they do is just rag on themselves, just about how useless and crap and unattractive they are. That's their whole gig. And everyone else is laughing at it. I'm just sitting there cringing. I just feel terrible. I feel fucking depressed watching. Why? Because I know they mean it. That's what bothers me about this. Is as I'm watching this performance, I know they're not really joking. They're talking about their genuine pain, their genuine self-loathing that they have. And it just puts me off. I don't want to listen to that. It makes me feel bad about myself. It's just awful to watch. It's like watching an abusive relationship, watching... One couple, you know, watching a couple where, say, the guy's abusing the woman and you can't do anything about it. That's what it's like for me watching a self-deprecating stand-up comedian. And I say this with love. I used to be very self-deprecating. Most of my humor was taking the piss out of myself. I reckon now if I watched it, I would cringe until I vomited. It's so awful to watch someone who hates themselves. It's so draining to be around it. And yet, that's what you're like in your search for a relationship. You're going around, hey, I hate myself. Do you want to love me instead? Can you can you fix the hole? Can you complete me? What's that fucking movie? Tom Cruise, that idiot. You complete me. You know that one? What? What kind of message is that? That you're incomplete without the one? What kind of fucked up mentality is that? You were born complete. You've made it till now without the one. If you needed the one and you're single right now, then you'd be dead. You haven't needed shit. You've survived this long. It might not have been a happy existence, but here you are. If you're listening to this, you survived this entire time without the one. 
there is no other way to put it. You must already be complete. You must already have everything you need. It's the only way to to explain it. Need is survival. It doesn't mean you don't want a relationship. Relationship's a lovely thing to have. I'm in one right now. It's blissful. But I don't need it, do I? I've never needed it. It only becomes a need when I tell myself it is, and I only tell myself it is when I don't love myself. So, I really want you guys to just take a second to think, how is the relationship with myself going? When I watch me live my life, what kind of feedback do I give and receive there? Am I like, hey, you're living by your values and you tried your best, that's all I could ever ask for you? Or are you like, you aren't good enough, you failed, you're a loser, nobody will like you, you better do this or otherwise everyone's going to think you're a dick. What kind of feedback are you giving yourself? And how do you feel when you receive that feedback? Do you feel connected or do you feel lonely? Can you have someone else love you and still feel disconnected? Because of that fucking feedback going on inside your mind. Your only relationship is with yourself. You're looking for the one. Look in the fucking mirror. Been there the entire time. You've already had a relationship. In fact, you can't get out of the relationship. You are. That is some arranged marriage shit going on there. You were born into the only relationship you're ever going to have. It's like some old school royalty shit. Pure blood as fuck. Right? You're stuck with you, so you better make it work. Now I'm going to go into some ideas as to how you can heal the relationship, but I want to stop in here with a wee pitch for coaching. I won't go on and on about it, but essentially what we're talking about, repairing that relationship, is what I'm really choosing to specialize in these days. My whole thing is around relationships, but when I talk about relationships, I mean connection. If you want to feel that sense of connection, I can help you. Just get in touch, dan at brojo.co.nz and we'll see if we can work together. And that's all I'm going to say on it. So getting back to this idea of creating a relationship with yourself. First understand that everybody else is a figment of your imagination. Everybody else in your life, everybody that you think you have some sort of relationship or whatever with, they don't exist as you know it. There, there may be some external reality here, we'll never really know. But you'll know that any time you've been surprised by a person, any time you felt betrayed or shocked at their behavior, is merely proof that you don't really know anyone. Nobody is being anything other than themselves. There is no new shocking change, there's just them being them. So... Whenever you're in a relationship with someone, what you're really in a relationship with is your construction of them in your mind, that past and future that we talked about earlier. Your memories can't be trusted. They're skewed and affected by emotion. You can't remember things properly. I guarantee you that. I won't go into that now, but if you do some basic psychology research, you'll see that memories cannot be trusted. And of course, your prediction of the future is an entire fiction. It hasn't happened yet, so it's completely made up. It's some Lord of the Rings shit. It's never existed. So your entire relationship with someone is a fiction. It's skewed memories and a story about the future. So you're not really in a relationship with them, are you? You're in a relationship with a story. And that's a very difficult relationship to manage. Let's focus on the one relationship that does exist that you can manage, and that is the one you have with yourself. I want you first to just become aware of it. 
Just become aware of how you give yourself feedback. Notice that, how it happens. Notice that one part of you talks to another part of you. It's often quite a one-sided conversation, isn't it? You suck. You're just like, okay. It's kind of one-sided thing. You also see that if, if the relationship's poor, the voice inside you that gives feedback often requires some external source as a prompt. So you'll be walking around, if someone gives you a compliment, the voice in your head will go, oh, I guess you are all right. There you go. Yeah, you can have that. But then he always turns on you, doesn't he? He goes, yeah, but they probably didn't mean it. And yeah, you might be alright today, but yesterday you were a fucking loser. You know? So they always, they, 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 because there's no other source of information, because you're not living by your values properly and measuring yourself properly, that voice inside your head has to look externally for evidence. And if it sees even the slightest twitch of disapproval from someone else, leaps right on it, doesn't he? You'll be in a meeting, hosting the meeting, you see someone at the back yawn. And that voice in your head just goes full scale, doesn't it? It's like, you boring motherfucker, I can't believe you're losing him. Here it is, on your big day, you're supposed to do this presentation, you fucked it up. And the person's just yawning because they're tired, they didn't sleep last night, it's got nothing to do with you. But the voice in your head doesn't care about that, because the voice in your head has learned to hate you. And that can be unlearned. That relationship can be repaired. Think about why you fall in love with someone else. What is it about them? What is it that you like about another person that makes you feel connected to them? Because that's what you're not seeing in yourself. Whatever that thing is. You're not attracted to yourself. You're not interested in yourself. You're not impressed by yourself. There's something about the way you are that has damaged that relationship. And I would suggest, and here's where we get into the sort of practical application of fixing this relationship, is that you're not living by your values, or you're living by them, but not noticing it. And odds are it's a mixture of both. Living by your values. I'm not going to go in full through all of that now. There's another podcast episode about that if you want to dig into it. But essentially it means having integrity. It doesn't mean achieving results. It doesn't mean other people liking you. It doesn't mean things going your way. It doesn't mean money in your bank account or friends on your Facebook account. It just means you looking at what you tried to do and going, yes, you did your best. Yes, that was the right thing to try and do. You are living by the core, honorable system that that I believe in. It's all about your intentions, values. What were you trying to achieve when you did this? Were you trying to get something? Were you trying to give? Were you trying to manipulate or were you trying to be honest? Were you trying to stay comfortable or were you trying to be courageous? This is what the voice in your head has been assessing you on. And this is where the feedback really comes from. And the voice in your head says, you're a fucking loser. What he's really saying is, you haven't lived by your values strongly enough to impress me for a while. You haven't made me proud of you. And even when you achieve things, it's not good enough for me, because I don't give a fuck about your achievements. I'll crush them every time. I want to see you live by your honor, your integrity. I want to be proud of who you are, even if no one else is. I want to see you do what's right, by our standards, this team inside your head. So I promised you, you're not looking for a relationship. Well, you are looking for one. But it's not going to heal the wound that you're trying to heal. 
Nobody else can fix that. And I'll run and be really strong here. It's not fair to them. For you to go into a relationship when you haven't healed that other one that's going on inside your head yet. For you to bring that toxicity into their life. It's unfair to them. If you haven't sorted out how you feel about yourself, you think you're going to pick them up or drag them down? You think that's going to help their life to bring that kind of fucking negativity into it? Hell no. You want to enhance someone's life with a relationship? Get that shit in your head sorted out first. Learn to love yourself by living by your values. Impress yourself. Get it to the point where you don't need anyone else to love you because you got this. And then bring that into someone's life. Bring that inspiration, that role modeling, that depth of connection, that freedom, that nothing to lose mentality. You bring that into someone else's life and you'll enhance it. You bring your needy, you must complete me, you're the one bullshit into their life. And you will drain their soul. I say all of this with non-judgmental love because I've been through this entire spectrum. I still have neediness and sometimes I still have arguments with the guy in my head. It's not some perfect world. But compared to my past where all I did was just shit on myself. And I had a right to because I was trying to impress everyone else instead of living by my values. I was choosing comfort over fear every time. When I started choosing fear, when I was like, you know what, I'm going to go out there and do the thing that I'm fucking terrified of doing because everyone's going to hate me for it, but I'm going to do it because it's the right thing to do. I'm going to do it because I believe in the depth of my soul that this is what I should do, even if everyone hates me for it. That's when the relationship started to get repaired. I'd notice it. I'd go out and, and so I'd go and meet some new people. I'm like, I have to meet new people. I have to practice courage here. And I'd go out, five people in a row, row would basically in a nice enough way, tell me to go fuck myself. But I'd come back feeling good about myself. It was a bizarre experience. I'd come back, I'm like, I can't believe I did it. I did five today. And they all crushed me, and here I am. I actually put myself through four more after the first one said no. What kind of bravery is that? That's when the conversation in my head started to become a lot more encouraging, a lot more supportive. A lot more like, give it another go tomorrow. You did well. And that's what became really interesting is the voice in my head started to say, you're doing well even when I wasn't achieving stuff externally. Now that voice still changes its mind every now and then. The relationship is not perfect. But the arguments are few and far between now. And I genuinely believe now that if everyone else deserted me, I could still enjoy my life. Because the relationship with the only person I've ever known is healed now. So rather than looking to dump your neediness on someone else, I urge you to ask yourself, what do I need to do to repair the relationship with myself? How do I need to date myself? How do I need to become attractive to me? What would I need to do to lie in bed and be proud of the way I've behaved, the intentions I had, even if everybody else thinks I'm a loser? Answer that question, and you'll never have to worry about loneliness again. I'll see you next time.